I'm Dennis Levick. This is my lovely wife, Tracy. Hi, I'm John Rudnick. We're Barry and Anita Chenault. My name's Edward Devlin. My name is Rosalie Devlin. Hi, we are Brent and Sheila Howell. My name is Matt Leesman. Hi, my name is Hannah Rollins. My name is Chad Peterson. So when I went to college, I kind of put God behind me. I still believed in him, but I wanted, I wanted, just wanted to try what the world had to offer, you know? College was okay, but like in my spirit, I knew I was just deeply saddened. Like there's a terrible emptiness and depression in me and I didn't know what was wrong. And that lasted a couple years after college. And then in 2018, my brother passed away and it was very traumatic and tragic, but it was very strange, it's strange to say, but I saw a beauty that God brought out of my brother's death. I saw all the lives that he touched and a lot of the good that he did, that my brother did. And so after that, I started to think about God a lot more and go to church again. There's still something missing. There's something empty in my heart and I knew I wasn't right with God and something had to change. And then just out of the blue, a friend from my old youth group that I hadn't talked to in years just texted me and invited me to a small group. And so it was in this small group of a couple of guys. We just talked about God and pursued Him and really studied the Word. Well, it was here in this small group that I learned what I was missing. I was missing repentance. I wasn't repentant of my sin. I had so many sins in my life that I was pursuing, I guess, that the Holy Spirit just started to convict me of them. And I really started to learn what repentance was. And I believe that was when I got saved. I think Mark 1.15 really succinctly sums up the salvation message. Jesus said, repent and believe in the gospel. And it was then that I was saved. Hey, good morning again, church. Hey, going to take out your bulletin. Do you want more? You know, it's kind of the cry of our American culture right now to say, you know, we don't have enough. We want more. Uh, here's just a couple of things that I typically want a little bit more of. Uh, these are just for fun. You don't have to write these down. But one of the things I want more of is more sleep. Uh, I recently heard that before the invention of the light bulb, that people used to sleep close to 11 to 12 hours every single day. Now, um, right now, especially now when it's getting a little bit colder, I don't know about you, but it's so hard to get out of bed in the morning when it's a little bit chilly in your house. It's like that bed is calling you to stay in it. It has this nice warm hug around you. Like, it's so hard to get out of bed, but the Lord's been really trying to help me just to be more disciplined, like spiritually, mentally lately. And one of those things he's been challenging me to do is just to not press snooze. So every time that alarm goes off, I shoot out of bed and I get moving, even though I so want to get some more sleep and go back to bed. Um, another thing that I typically want more of is ice cream. Can I get an amen? I feel like you can never have too much ice cream, okay? In fact, as, as, as my parents once told me, look, you shouldn't have it for breakfast, but now as an adult, I can do anything I want. So if I could have it for breakfast, if I could have it for lunch, if I could have it for dinner, if it didn't have any unhealthy effects on me, I would have it all the time. Even though there is one ice cream that I think you should never, ever eat, and they need to take it off of every single menu, off of any place, and that is mint chocolate chip. It is disgusting, and if you like that, you can no longer come to this church, okay? You're not allowed to come to this church if you like mint chocolate chip ice cream. Just kidding. This is a church for everyone. Um, 
Another thing I would love to be able just to have some more of is coffee. I love the taste of it. I love the smell of it. I love the feeling that it gives me when I drink it. If it wasn't for the fact that it started to make my eye twitch and started to make my anxiety grow. And sometimes if I've had too much of it, if you ever see my arm like this beating, like it has a heartbeat over here, that's because I've had too much coffee. Now, again, I don't have a problem with caffeine. I just have a problem without coffee, okay? But I would love to be able to drink that more and more and more. But here's something that I really, really do want more of. I want more people experiencing more of Christ. Church, I really do want that. In fact, this has been my, my prayer with my wife and I ever since we got married that in our relationship, that we would do everything that God wants to do in us and through us. It's been our prayer that we would hear the voice of our good shepherd. We would hear his voice and we would follow him, that we would do everything that he wants to accomplish in us and through us. In fact, it's our prayer for our children as well, that they wouldn't just say that they know Jesus, but they would say, look, I love him. I follow him. I want to be like him. In fact, it's even been my prayer for you. It's been my prayer for us as a church that we would experience more of Jesus. Because so many times, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, so many times we end up just doing like some of the most easiest things. When it comes right down to it, we want to be able to take these incredible steps of faith and experience all that God wants to do in us and through us. Today, we're going to take a look at the Great Commission. But we also want to talk about what the next chapter looks like at Coastal as we look to help people become authentic followers of Jesus. In fact, that is our mission statement. We really wanna help people experience fully what God wants to do in them, to develop them, to send them out, to connect, grow, and serve. But as we look at this great commission where we see we actually get our mission statement from, we also wanna see what the next chapter looks like as we help more people experience following Jesus. Go ahead and turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. And again, this passage is known as the Great Commission. It's where Jesus had risen from the dead and he went to meet up with his disciples and he would give, this, this, give them this incredible charge in following him. This Great Commission is where we get our mission, our vision as a church here at Coastal. In fact, this is what we've been praying for, what we've been giving toward, what we've been working toward, what we wanna even love others toward as well. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Today, as we look again at the Great Commission, we're gonna look at what the next chapter of Coastal looks like. In fact, in just a moment, um, Pastor Sean, who's our senior pastor, he actually, he wants to share some of that vision, and he's doing it across all four of our campuses today. So we're going to take a moment and we're going to see the video that he shared, that he's sharing at all four campuses. Now, it's not normal that we do this, but it was so important that he wanted to make sure that everyone heard it at the same time 
on this Sunday. But before we take a look at the next chapter of Coastal, I want you to write this down. You need Jesus. You need him. You need Jesus. This is what it says here again in verse 17. It says, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus speaks to those who are confident in him. He speaks to those who were confident in what the next chapter of following him was going to look like. But he also speaks to those who were hesitant and doubting him and doubting what the next chapter and following him was going to be. To the confident and to the concerned, he says to him, look, all authority has been given to me. It means that no matter whether you are confident or concerned about life, we can obey Christ without fear. It means that Christ has the power. His victory is defeated sin and death and its consequences. It also means that he is in control even when the world seems like it is out of control. Jesus has not lost control because all authority has been given to him. It means that however he leads us, whatever the circumstances we face, he is in control. You know, when we started this series called An Open Door, the first half was about prayer. And we pray to our Heavenly Father, submitting our lives to him. Again, that's why we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. We put aside, we even throw out our agenda to pursue his kingdom agenda. We put ourselves under the authority of Christ. See, when you are in Christ, you are no longer under the authority of sin, but you are now under the authority of Christ. Do this for me, church. Turn to the person sitting next to you. I want you to look him in the eye. I want you to repeat after me. Say, you are under it so you can get over it. Look, when you are under the authority of Christ, it means that there are some things in your life that you can now overcome. When you are under the authority of Christ, you're no longer under worry and anxiety, but instead you are now over it because of the peace that God gives you because of the peace that transcends all understanding. When you're under the authority of Christ, you're no longer under shame. But you're not, since you're under Christ, because you're under his authority, there is, no, there is no condemnation for those who are now in Christ Jesus. Being under his authority means that now you are over the brokenness in the world. There's no other way that you can overcome the brokenness in the world except under the authority of Christ. It's a reminder that you need Jesus. But see, you need to be like Jesus. You need to be like him. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Look, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He says to go therefore and to make disciples. You know, a disciple back in the first century was someone who would follow a teacher and they would follow them they would listen to them. In fact, they would even live with them for a season because they wanted to learn from them. But not only would they learn from them, they would do everything they could to imitate them, to be like them. And so what Jesus is saying here, look, you need to go therefore and make disciples, make more people who are like me. And he's saying to his disciples then that they need to be like him, but they also need to help more people become like him. 
See, we are to be like Jesus. But see, you also need to follow Jesus. You need to follow him. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. He says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And he says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Notice how many times that Jesus says all in this passage. Look, he says, look, all authority has been given. All authority. And again, remember, we are now under the authority of Christ if you are in Christ. So there's no other way that you can overcome the brokenness in the world except for being under the authority of Christ. He says, look, make disciples of all nations. Again, in the original language, that word nations is the word ethnos. It means every ethnicity. So it means, look, anyone that God's going to put in your circle of influence, we are to make disciples of everyone, all nations. He says, look, teach them to, to observe, to obey all that I have commanded you. Again, church, he's saying, look, it's all about following him, knowing him, being like him. We need to observe to obey every single thing that Jesus has given us. And he says, I am with you always, which means that he's never gonna leave you nor forsake you. So again, whatever it is he's calling you to do, he's gonna lead you through. Because even when we're not faithful, he's gonna be the one who is with us, who's never gonna leave us, never forsake us. All authority, make disciples of all nations, observe all that I've commanded you. I'm with you always. See, following Jesus means going all in. It means that we follow him with everything, which means that sometimes we do need to put aside our own agenda for his kingdom agenda. You need Jesus. You need to be like Jesus. You need to follow Jesus. What we want to be part of as a church moving forward is following him and doing all the things that he's called us to do. We want to help fulfill the great commission right here in our area but also around the world, wherever it is that Jesus leads us to go. So with that, I want to turn it over to Pastor Sean for our next chapter. Here is one church meeting in multiple locations, seeking to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ as we connect, grow, and serve. But here's the next chapter of Coastal. Listen to Pastor Sean. Well, good morning, Coastal Church. It is uh, great to be with you. Pastor Sean here, and uh, I wanted to take this morning and kind of address all four campuses. And uh, so let me thank your pastors, Pastor Andrew Segree, Pastor David, Pastor Nate Link. Thank you for giving me a portion of your time and your service. And, and uh, man, I've got some really exciting information I want to give to the entire church, give you guys some vision, and then we're going to finish with an ask. You know, we're in a we're in the middle of a series on evangelism, and today we're talking about the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus sends us to go and, and preach the gospel to all nations. And, and one of the ways that we do that at Coastal is by campusing. And I, I call our campuses, all of our campuses, I call them gospel outposts, right? These are local gospel outposts in our community where we exalt the name, the fame, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, and we've got four of them now, and and we want to continue to do that. And you know, I've been thinking about the history of Coastal. In fact, if you don't know the history of Coastal, I think it's really, really important that you know it because God has always worked in some really unique ways in the life of Coastal. And so this morning, I want to give you a little vision where I think God is taking us in the next 
few five, eight to 10 years. But I think it's important that we go back because as I've been reflecting, I've been thinking, you know, I really sense that God has worked in the life of the church uh, in 10-year periods. In fact, the first 10 years, I've been the pastor here now for over 20 years, the first 10 years, we were getting established. We uh, started in a school, and, and if you don't know the history, uh, Coastal actually began um, with two small churches merging together uh, to form Coastal. One church in the community was named Bay Rivers, and the other was named Tidewater Community Church. And these two churches felt like, you know what? We can do more for the gospel by pulling resources together uh, for the good of the gospel. And so both of these churches dissolved their individuality and came together to form Coastal. Now, how many of you have ever been a part of a church that's split? Raise your hand. Go ahead, raise it up. I can't see you. It's a video. I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. But anyway, but like we've all seen churches split, right? And I think deep in the DNA of Coastal is this idea that if we pull resources together for the good of the kingdom, for the good of the great commission that Jesus has called us to do, we can do more together than apart. And so that's what God did. That's how we started Coastal. And for eight years, we met in a school in Grafton High School. And, and while we were there, we, we were developing the vision that God gave us. And you guys you guys probably by now know the vision of Coastal, right? The, to develop authentic followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we started with in the school, and that was our passion, and, and that was our vision. And, and then while we were in the school, we began to continue to develop this vision that God has given us, and we developed it through a mission statement, right? We were like, all right, if God wants us to develop authentic followers of Jesus, what does that look like practically? And so we came up with our mission is through connect, grow, and serve. So we develop authentic followers of Jesus, vision, mission through connect, grow, and serve. And as we continued in the school, we realized we wanted to develop a membership process. We wanted people to commit to this local church. And so what was it that we're calling our members to commit to? And we realized we want them to commit to connect, grow, and serve. Then we began to ask, people ask, well, what does that mean to connect, grow, and serve? And so we fleshed that out even further in these first formative years that we wanted you to connect by being a part of corporate worship, which, of course, you're here this morning. Thank you for being here. You're connecting by being in corporate worship. And that's where we sing together. We preach the word together. We take up an offering together. We give in our corporate worship. We connect. And then we realized we wanted our members, and we want you to grow by being in a small group and the importance of community and fulfilling all the one another commands of the New Testament happens in a smaller setting, small groups. And so we want you to grow by being in a small group. And then we fleshed out uh, serve, right? And we want you to serve by being in a ministry, which supports the internals of the church, and a mission, which takes the gospel of Jesus outside the walls of our church. And all while God was doing this, by pulling our resources together, two small churches merging to form one church, Coastal Church, we were able to buy our first piece of land. And you can see that on the screen. Like this was the first piece of land God gave us. It took, we had to sacrifice to do it. And we were able to pay it off over a few years. And God gave us just a really strategic piece of land in the York County area. And that was kind of decade one. It just took us 10 years to get established. And then decade two, we were able to build our first building. And, and, and when that happened, I mean, God just by his grace began to, to really expand the influence of the ministry. And we really moved from being a smaller, medium church to, to really a large church. And, and, and as we grew in this building, our first building, we, we quickly, 18 months in probably, we, we outgrew our building and we started to pray, God, what is it 
that you want us to do. And so God was stirring in our hearts the idea of maybe it's time to campus. And and we were praying about that, but actually that wasn't the season for campusing just yet. We thought it was, but God led us in a different direction. And and God provided uh, for Coastal Church uh, right in the center of the peninsula, our next building. And so we were able to purchase the what is the old Kroger building, right? And, and, and we purchased that and it was a big stretch for us as a church and people sacrificially gave. And, and I would just say this, you know, if you were to draw a bullseye on on the peninsula, uh, I think Coastal Church has the most strategic uh, church building location on the peninsula. And, and so God, so this was decade two, right? God repositioned us. And all the while we were developing repeatable projects processes, right? Like scalable. I mean, God just keeps sending us more and more people. How do we make disciples? And, and, and so we were developing these processes. We also did something strategic and unique to us. We, we planted our first campus. And so we did dip our toe and we launched our first campus in Gloucester, a, a rental facility. And, and so now we began to develop strategies like, man, how do we disciple people at Yorktown? How do we disciple people at another location in, in Gloucester? And so we continued to grow and we had more and more members attending Coastal and we began to develop our membership process. And, and then we developed our deacon training process. And out of our deacon training process, we developed how are we going to raise up elders at each campus? And now we have shepherding elders at, at our Gloucester campus. And we're in process of developing deacons at our Hampton campus and at our, at our Chesapeake campus. And and, and we've also developed a pastoral training uh, process because we were like, if we're going to campus, we got to raise up pastors at all of these campuses. And so, you know, in our second decade, God began to develop in us something that was scalable and repeatable. And, and in that, uh, you know, we're now in what I would call the third decade of ministry. And so here's the language I want to use for decade three. Like decade one was getting established. Decade two was how do we disciple people? connect, grow, and serve. And now decade three, I think, is the word multiply. God has positioned us to multiply. Connect, grow, serve, and now multiply. That's decade three. And how are we going to do that? Well, it's going to include campusing, right? And, and there's two ways to campus. You can adopt, and God's given us some adoptive churches that we've been able to adopt and, and reestablish in the community as gospel outposts, and birthing. We birthed uh, Gloucester, and now we're praying about maybe birthing some other campuses. And so, you know, just to kind of give you some recent history, right? Gloucester, right? First we planted in Gloucester, and this is where we saw God moving, and we started from scratch by sending about 100 people up to Gloucester in a rental space, and and Gloucester is now running regularly over 250 people. Some weeks they hit their head against 300 people, but they're building. We just, it's a, it can't house all the people God is sending us. That's why we're building a new building. And you guys know this. We were part of one mission a couple years ago, raising resources to build our building. We've broken ground, and, and now we're just waiting for the delivery of the building. And once it gets here, it's going to move really, really quickly. We're fully positioned now to, to build in Gloucester. Then God, in our recent history, did something we were surprised by. He gave us a church to adopt. And so uh, for those of you who don't know this, and most do, like we adopted a church in the community called Deer Park Baptist Church. We had our first adoption, and we adopted, and, and it was a struggling congregation and had about 30 people. 
And uh, we were able to adopt them and revitalize them. And we sent, and we sent a lot of members down to this campus. And, and we decided to plant this campus. And Deer Park is now running regularly, over 150 to 160 people. It's healthy. It's doing good. It's reaching people for the gospel. That's our recent history. And then, of course, you guys know this in our recent history, then COVID came, right? And COVID shut us down. And, and we remained closed, uh, like all churches were told to shut down for six or eight weeks. And, and, uh, and we decided uh, to be aggressive in reopening. And, and it was a risk. And we prayed a lot. And we reopened quickly. And, and God protected us. And, and you all supported us as a church. And uh, whether you came or whether you decided to remain at home for a while, you still supported us. You supported us financially. And, and instead of COVID uh, creating a crisis for us, um, for Coastal, God in his grace, God gave Coastal opportunity coming out of COVID. And, and so we came out of COVID strong and we were in a strong position to keep growing and to keep spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and this is where the vision that God gave us blew us away. We, we were able, coming right out of COVID, to adopt and revitalize two more campuses for the glory of God and for the gospel of Jesus and to fulfill the Great Commission as we're talking about. And so we were able to adopt Bethel Baptist Church in Chesapeake. We now call this campus Coastal Chesapeake. And for those of you who've been there a long time, and I'm so glad you're worshiping with us this morning, so glad you're a part of Coastal. I mean, you know we were able to refurbish the property, and, and we were able to add staffing uh, at coastal Chesapeake. We, uh, it, when we first adopted the place, I, I, don't, I think less than two-thirds of the air conditioners worked. We were able to get all of the systems up and running. We were, we've been able to aggressively pay down the mortgage on this amazing property and this amazing location that God has given us. And, and we've seen the attendance way more than double since we first opened the doors. And we're so thankful we're coming. You're coming to Coastal Chesapeake, and we're really excited to continue to see God's hand on this campus. And, and so coming out of COVID, we were able to adopt that church and revitalize it. And then following that one, much to our surprise, God gave us another church, and we were able to adopt Hampton Roads Baptist Church. And, and we call this Coastal Hampton. And those of you who have been a part of Coastal Hampton, I, I actually worshiped with you a couple weeks before the adoption, and I think there was probably about 15 people there. But God in his grace, through the adoption, we've been able to refurbish this property. We've been able to send some of our members to Coastal Hampton, and we've been able to add staff, and it's regularly running about 80 to 90 people, and, and here's some of your staffing, and, and we're so excited. And, and while all this was happening, coming out of COVID, a lot of churches are shutting down. Many don't reopen. We've adopted two campuses. All the while in Gloucester, we did a one-mission fundraiser. You guys were so generous. We were able to pay cash for five acres of strategic land in Gloucester. And, of course, then we hit the shock of inflation. And I don't know how many of y'all remember that. We, As a church last spring, we talked about the shock of inflation. And, and we were able to get a good deal on the land, but the building cost went up by a million dollars. And as a church... We voted to uh, extend our loan and, and to purchase, you know, this land and to continue with the building process. We voted almost 99% of us said, yes, let's extend the loan by a million dollars and continue building. And so here's some pictures of that. Like you can see we're groundbreaking. We're waiting for the building. And, uh, and so now we've closed the loan and everything's happening at Gloucester. We're just waiting for the materials to come in. And as they come in, we will continue to build. 
all the while, while that's going on coming out of COVID, and, and, and this is happening, uh, while we're reviving Yorktown, while you're sending, you've sent 100 people to Gloucester, you sent 60 or 70 people to Hampton, you sent 60, 70 people to Deer Park, you've sent out almost 300 people, right? You would think all of this sending would, would hurt the attendance. You'd think we'd be down in attendance at Yorktown by 300 people. But that's not how God's economy works. When you give, he blesses. When you send, he sends more. When we're open-handed with the Lord in fulfilling the Great Commission, as we're talking about today, the Great Commission is bookended by the risen Christ. And what does Christ do? Christ provides. And guess what? At Yorktown, our attendance has grown like crazy. We're, we're, we're pushing the seams, especially at our 930 service. We are packed. And so we're looking around going, man, how do we continue to offer and grow the gospel? And so we're praying about planning in Williamsburg, as you know. Yorktown, I've been talking about this. We're praying about this. And, and really, I believe that sending uh, a, a campus to Williamsburg will allow us to continue to grow and to continue to reach people in the Yorktown area, especially at the 930 service. And so, you know, so every one of our campuses, church, is growing. It's reaching new people. It's baptizing people. It's adding new members. And I tell you all this to the glory of God. I am so humbled and so thankful for all the Lord has done through the ministry of Coastal. And I believe God is calling us to continue to further the gospel mission and further the great commissioning that Christ has given us to do. So here's the vision. Now let me transition. All right, I want to talk about vision. God is giving Coastal so many opportunities. It's, it's, it's almost overwhelming to me how many opportunities the, the Lord g- gives us. It's almost not a month that goes by that he doesn't provide for us a new potential opportunity. In fact, we're talking right now to, to five or six churches about adoption. Now, uh, we've done this process enough to know. I know they don't all work out, but but what if one or two of them do over in 2023 where we adopt one or two more churches and we get to revitalize them and, and, and build a, a, a church that maybe is struggling. We get to rebuild a gospel outpost to exalt the name of Christ, right? What, what, what if we get to plant in Williamsburg? We've been praying about that. We've been doing some strategic work already, some leg work to try to make sure it would be healthy when we go to do this by developing leaders and developing small groups in Williamsburg. We're praying about this. Listen, you guys know this. I've been praying about schools, right? If God were allowed us to adopt more campuses, uh, I think if you're a Christian family in this culture, you're struggling to figure out how you're going to educate your children in a Christian environment. So right now it's a prayer point, right? But it's something that we've been praying about. Again, I'm talking about the next 10 years, connect, grow, serve, multiply, right? What if God wants us to start an education, even a system among the buildings that God's allowing us to steward? So really the vision is in front of us. Here's the challenge. The challenge is our cash cushion, okay? We have... um, deployed a lot of resources since 2020. And as God has given us these opportunities, we've been, because of your generosity at Coastal, we've built a cash cushion and we were able to say yes to these opportunities. And and then we had the inflation of Gloucester, right? The, as we are all experiencing inflation, we experienced it at Coastal, right? And so our building cost a million more dollars. We voted 99% to say yes. And, and we're deploying these resources to build Coastal Gloucester. And so we've ex- used some of our cash cushion in Chesapeake and in Hampton. And and so here it is, you ready? We're not in a strong cash position to jump on new opportunities as God's bringing them to us. Now, 
I don't want you to think there's scarcity. Cash flow is great. You guys have been so generous. We are not operating out of scarcity. What I'm suggesting to you this morning is we're not able to jump on new opportunities as I would like. And can I be honest with you? That actually keeps me up at night, not because Coastal is in any trouble, but because I get up every day and I know you do too. I, we get up every week and we're like, man, God, we want to fulfill the great commissioning that Christ has called us to fulfill. And we have this short time called life to do it. God has left us here on the planet to be a small part of what he's doing to exalt the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the way that he's called us to do it here at Coastal is through campusing, through gospel outposts, through local churches in all the communities around the area. Now, one thing I know about Coastal, and I tell people this all the time, this is the most amazing church because it's filled with the most amazing people that take the word of God serious and take your call and your commitment serious. And, and you guys always step up to the challenge. I mean, we I think, I think we talked for two minutes about Ukraine and some opportunities, and you guys gave over $25,000 to help us in Ukraine and help Ukrainian refugees. And so, so here's the ask, right? I'm asking all of our campuses, if you, if you call Coastal your home church, whether it's Coastal Yorktown, Coastal Chesapeake, Coastal Hampton, Coastal Gloucester, if this is, if this is your home church, I, I want you to be a part of a special Christmas offering that I would like for us to do this December. And so, you know, each year we always do a little bit of a, a Christmas offering and we ask people to give over and above and we usually highlight some missions around the world. And as I've prayed about this and thought about this, um, I would like for Coastal to be the mission that we support this year. Because God is giving us so many opportunities that I want, I'm asking you to strategically support the mission of Coastal Church so that as God gives us opportunities to plant gospel outposts, we are in a position to say, yes, yes, God. We want to go where you're sending us to go. And so here's the, I've given you the vision. Here's the ask. You ready? I want to challenge us as a church to raise a million dollars over and above our regular giving. So it's not your tithe. Okay, it's not shifting your tithe to, to another area. I want you to prayerfully consider, God, what, what can I give over and above my regular giving to the Christmas offering so that we can continue to plant gospel outposts around the community? And so some of you are like, man, that's shocking. How, how are we going to do a million dollars over and above our regular giving at the Christmas offering? You ready? We're going to do it by all of us doing it together. Every single one of us this is your church home, I want you to pray and I want you to ask God, God, what part would you have me to, to pray? Now, did you know that in America, the average American gives or spends over $1,000 every year on their Christmas celebration? $1,000. So as I was thinking about this, and I was praying about this, did you know that if every family that called Coastal Church their home church if every person said, this is my home church, would give $1,000, we would actually raise over a million dollars towards the vision and the mission that God would have us do. Now, here's what I'm not going to do. Uh, I have 
helped Coastal through four fundraisers and they've all been successful. And in those fundraisers, I've done pledge cards, I've done six week series and, and I'm not going to do that this time. Actually, it's a little bit of a risk, but I'm just, I just want you to pray. I want you to be excited about the vision. I hope you are. I'm excited. And I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Lord, what is it that he wants you or you and your family to do? And, and listen, I get it. Not everybody in the, that's listening to this video this morning can can do a thousand dollars. I totally understand that. So maybe pray about doing $750 and then $12, $20 a month for 10 or 12 months, all the way till you could do a thousand dollars. We don't have to do it all in December. You don't have to do it all in December. You know, maybe you do it over a one year period. Maybe you can do a hundred dollars a month over and above your regular giving for 10 or 12 months until you could give a thousand dollars. But I also know this, I know there's many of you listening to this video can do much, much more than a thousand dollars, right? God has blessed you. He's blessed your business. He's blessed your income. And I really want you to pray and say, God, what would you have me to give? And I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to shift your tithe Okay, because we don't want to cut the ministries God has us doing. I want you to ask God, God, what would you have me to sacrifice? I call this an offering. There's tithes and there's offerings. And I want you to ask God, what would you have me to bring to the Christmas offering? Now, the language that we use at Coastal when we do things like this is it's not equal giving. Because not everybody, God has not called everybody to steward the same amount of financial resources. But it is equal sacrifice. I want you to sacrificially give this Christmas because God has given us an incredible vision. Now, there's two areas I want to, want you to encourage you to think about giving to. One, uh, so you, so as you pray about the Christmas offering, either give to the building fund, okay, and uh, everything that comes into the building fund from now until the end of the 2022, we're going to put towards the Gloucester Project. Okay, it's going to go towards the additional million dollars that we voted uh, to borrow uh, as a church. 99% of us voted, yes, let's do this, to give. And anything goes in the building fund is going to go towards the Gloucester Project. In fact, this is the first time in the history of the church that we voted to incur additional indebtedness and didn't do a fundraiser afterwards. So, uh, so I just want you guys to be praying about it. Now, Gloucester, the members of Gloucester have actually extended their one mission um, offering. So we did one mission a, about a year and a half ago as a church, and we made an 18-month commitment. They've extended that by another 18 months. So thank you, Gloucester members, and you're already a part of this. And so we're really, really grateful. So you can give to the building fund, and everything you give to the building fund is going to go to the Gloucester Project. Or we have decided, myself and the elders, we have opened a new opportunity at Coastal. We have just opened a Coastal Endowment. Now, if you don't know what an endowment is, I'm not going to give a, a huge explanation this morning. I've already taken enough of your time, okay? Uh, but that's to, for a simple explanation, okay, uh, an endowment is kind of like a 401k for the church, our vision for the Coastal Endowment is we are going to invest money with Thrivent Charitable Financial. And, and our hope is as this endowment grows through the years that this endowment will fund the ministry of Coastal beyond our lifetime. Uh, we look at the endowment as a setup for future opportunities as the Lord gives us. Now, some of you are like, I already know what an endowment is. I think this is great. I'm in, right? And you're going to see that like on your drop-down menu on the website, and we're going to be producing some resources for you so that you can get more educated on the endowment. But the endowment is going to allow us not only to fulfill our vision now, 
and the mission that God's given us. And not only allows us to fill our vision and mission tomorrow, but it's going to allow us to fulfill our vision and our mission a hundred years from now. And so here's what I am going to be doing. If you're still like, I don't really know what an endowment is. In 2023, I'm going to be visiting each of your campuses uh, in the in the spring, and I'm going to be preaching at your campus. And then after that, after the Sunday morning service, I'm going to have a pastoral vision luncheon, and I'm going to share with you at each campus more about the Coastal Endowment. Uh, and then we're actually going to bring in some experts next year to continue to educate us on what an endowment is. But here's where we are at a church, as a church. You ready? Connect, grow, serve. And now God has called us to multiply. And so here's the ask. I want you to pray. Pray this Christmas. I'm asking if this is your home church to consider giving at least $1,000 over and above your regular giving. Or maybe you do that over a series of months to help us with the building fund or the coastal endowment. And so Coastal Hampton, here you go. Ready? And you, you guys have seen what God can do when we pull our resources together. I mean, incredible, right? There's life at the campus. There's spiritual life at the campus. It's a gospel outpost in the Hampton community. And Coastal Chesapeake, man, you can see what we do when we pull our resources together, right? Those of you who've been longtime members, you, you, you've seen what we can do together. I mean, think where the church was in 2020 and look what God has done in just a year and a half at Coastal Chesapeake. And Coastal Gloucester, you've been our first campus and you're the first fruits, man. And we're seeing God take it from 100 people to almost 300 people. And so thank you. And we're so excited. And in coastal Yorktown, listen, we're packed. We have to send. I mean, if we don't send, we're not going to be able to continue to reach our area. And then let me just talk to you guys that are in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, you've been blowing me up with emails and texts now for a while. So you ready? Help us get there. We are praying for the fall 2023 in Williamsburg. Be praying with us. Be a part of giving with us. And so for today, and really for the next five weeks, let's pray. I just want you to pray. Pray, pray, pray. God, what is it that you would have us to do for the vision of Coastal? So that we can be positioned to go. And then we're going to give. And we're going to give in the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. I know I've taken a long time this morning, so thank you, pastors, for letting me interrupt your campus, and I, I know this is a big ask, and so here's what I want to do. I want to close with prayer, so if you do me a favor, bow your heads. I said we're going to pray, and we're going to start our time right now with prayer, so let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, God, I know I've laid out an incredible vision. I believe it's a vision that you've given us, and I know it's a big ask, but you've given us big opportunities you, you've given us, Coastal Church, a stewardship, a sacred stewardship of trust that we are entrusted with bringing the gospel of Christ to this generation. And as we looked at in Matthew chapter 28 this morning, you've, you've called us to this commission and you've bookended it in the authority of the risen Christ. So as we pray and as we ask for you to provide for this commissioning, for the gospel to go out through gospel outposts, through local campuses that you've called us and equipped us to plan. God, we, all, we know that you're going to empower us because we want to exalt the name and fame of Jesus because it's the gospel that saves. It's the gospel that sets free. It's the gospel that has left us here on mission. And so thank you, God, for allowing us to be a small part of what you're going to accomplish, which is the exaltation of Jesus and his fame and his gospel. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I turn it back to your pastor.
Church, what's happening at Coastal is so rare. God is building his kingdom. He's continued to build his kingdom, and he wants us to reach more people, and we want to be a part of what he's doing. So here's my challenge for you after listening to Pastor Sean. It's the last point there on your notes. I want you to pray, okay? I want you to give. I want you to multiply. We want to multiply what God has done here across the Hampton Roads area, even beyond. Pastor Sean was being a little bit moderate in what he was talking about, but I mean, there's churches as far as Richmond that are talking about being adopted so that the gospel can go further and it can go faster. And we want to be a part of what he's doing. We want to be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission even in our lifetime. You know, Jesus would say, look, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And because of that authority that we get under, he says to go and make disciples. So we get under it so we can get over it. The only way to get over the brokenness in this world is through the gospel. It's through Christ. It's the spreading his name and his fame. So I, I pray, church, as we get toward this Christmas offering a little later on this year, I pray that you would want to maybe put aside even some of your own agenda, maybe even throw out some of your own agenda so we can bring ourselves into alignment with his kingdom agenda. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And as, as we're praying today, there may be someone who's sitting out there today and maybe right now, like you find that your life is full of brokenness. Maybe right now you find that you are so far from God because you've never come under the authority of Christ. I would even challenge you on this Sunday that this would be the day that you would come under his authority, that you would surrender your life to Christ. So you can overcome whatever it is you're going through, but so you can fulfill what Jesus wants to do in your life. So if that's you today and you want to surrender your life to Christ right where you are, will you just pray the simple prayer? Would you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, today, I come under your authority. I believe you are God, that you died on the cross, that you bodily rose from the dead. And Father God, I pray for our church, God. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that you've given us. Again, Lord, they're so rare right now in our culture. And, and Lord, so many times it can seem like the world is out of control. But Lord, you are in control. And God, I pray that in this next chapter of Coastal, that we will continue to, to connect. God, we will continue to grow and to serve. But Lord, help us to multiply. We really do want to go into all the world and to make disciples of every nation. God, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, making disciples who make disciples. God, we want to forward your kingdom, push forward your kingdom, because that's what you want to do. So help us, Lord, even throw out our own agenda and come into alignment with your kingdom agenda. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's stand and sing one more song.